Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I am your humble host from Cat Swamp Road, right? You got to be humble when you're from Cat Swamp Road. And I am Ray Bohax, that hot rod farmer. And we get together here every Saturday on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147 at 11 a.m. Eastern with a re-air and encore of the same episode Sunday at 6 p.m. And if you miss either one of those times, which is certainly understandable, right? Because this is a busy time on the farm, getting ready to harvest or, or are harvesting already. You could always go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com or any of the major podcast hosting sites, and maybe not even the major ones. And you will find the back episodes one week after they air on Rural Radio. So I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. And, you know, today's episode is going to be about electrical wiring. And why I wanted to talk about that is that as we add, as the community, not we personally, but as the agricultural community adds more and more uh, electrical equipment to farm machinery, it could be a planter, it could be a sprayer, tractor, combine, or it could act, or just be a road vehicle, right? Today's vehicles are full of wires and, and, and sensors and connections and plugs, and there will come a time eventually uh, when something goes wrong, right? Either a wire, a mouse eats a wire, where a wire gets uh, rubs through on something from abrasion and comes through and, and gets down to the copper, to the conduit of the wire, or a plug gets corroded or a plug breaks, right? I mean, that's a common thing today, especially on engines, is that the, the heat from the engine, and that's why I'm such a big proponent of opening the hood when you can to let the heat out to limit the thermal excursions, the thermal cycles, that the plug breaks, the connection breaks, and now you're, you're, you're out of luck, right? The machine is dead, or the car is dead, the truck or what have you. So it's very important for you to recognize that the integrity of the wires and the connections are going to be paramount to the success of that equipment, right? And success meaning its proper function. And just like if you go in a field, Right, you have to be very careful when you're planting it. You have to be concerned with your uh, seed to soil contact. You have to be concerned with your seed depth when you're spraying uh, a, a crop protection agent or a fungicide or a foliar feeding. You have to make sure that your uh, that your tips are the right calibration, that your pressure is correct, and all of these things come into play. But this also happens with wiring. And wiring on equipment is one of those things that, that none of us give any thought to until it breaks or causes a problem. And then oftentimes it is a nightmare. But there are a couple of things that you need to know, not only with wire and connection repair, but how you could go about, even if the wire or the connection is not broken, but you have to check a sensor and you have to back probe into some wiring harnesses. That's very common today, especially like on planters. Look at all the wiring that is on a modern planter, right? For the seed meters, for seed sense, for for all these different things. So there's a, there's a myriad of wires and connectors. And because it is agricultural equipment, it says lots of times it sits outside, even if you shed your equipment in the wintertime or off-season, but it still has that the moisture gets into things. And, and specifically like on a planter, because a planter builds no heat. 
at least on a piece of machinery that builds heat that you have the opportunity to evaporate any collected moisture whereas something like a planter or a, or a hay baler right you don't have that opportunity because it really doesn't get hot enough through its operating procedure operating process to build that heat and to uh and to <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and to evaporate off that moisture so that is what we are going to discuss today right after this short break but never forget that what agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability SiriusXM. The best collection of podcasts is just a tap away. Hear podcasts from Marvel, including the award-winning Wolverine, The Long Night. And exclusive podcasts, Marvel Method and Marvel's Declassified. Plus original podcasts from your favorite SiriusXM hosts, including Stormy Warren, Fantasy Sports' Lisa Ann, and Jeff Lewis. Listen to the podcast favorites you've been hearing about. Without ever having to leave the SiriusXM app. Free for most subscribers. Just download it today and tap podcasts. Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel serving rural Americans on Sirius XM. Nowhere else on radio can you catch Western sports every single day, making Rural Radio the undisputed leader for Western sports coverage. Between our coverage and downloading the Cowboy Channel Plus app, you'll have access to any major Western sports news and events 24-7. Rural Radio Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Tune in for Commodity Wrap each weekday morning at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, and every evening at 5.30 Eastern, 4.30 Central. I'm Marlon Bowling, bringing you the latest market details and talking with a variety of market experts on location at the CME Group. From grains to livestock and everywhere in between, your rural radio team will keep you informed of the latest developments the minute they happen. We're gathering the news and insights you need to stay ahead of the curve and protect your bottom line. It's Commodity Wrap on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, your market authority. Tune in to Rural Evening News on Rural Radio, where we walk you through the headlines of the day surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. It's an unbiased take on what's happening, so you can focus on growing the best crop. Rural Evening News, weeknight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, your agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer, and we're going to be discussing wiring on equipment, wiring plugs, connections on equipment. And that equipment could be anything from a planter to a semi or to a road vehicle or anything in between. And also keep in mind that the dairy farmers that are upgrading to dairy robots, milking robots, is that everything I'm talking about here is going to be applicable to what you have. So any place there's a connection or a wiring. But keep in mind that as we add more technology, and you know I hate that word, more controls to any type of equipment, that historically they're very low voltage circuits. So they're thin wires and they're not carrying most computer circuits that are on equipment are zero to five volts. So when you have only five volts and very low current draw is that that circuit becomes very susceptible 
to any high impedance loss through corrosion. And I just want to establish that up front, is that if you're looking at a starter cable, it's going to draw 300, 400 amps. It's, it's still susceptible to that, but it's a little bit more forgiving. But if you're talking about milliamps, which is a thousandth of an amp, and you're talking about five volt signal, then it is going to be very sensitive to any corrosion or not even corrosion, just a loose or bad connection. So keep that in the back of your mind. Now, the first thing that I want to establish is that you're not going to be proficient at doing wiring repair or accessing a circuit to check to do a diagnostic procedure without having the proper tools so the first step is for you to be visually aware of what type of connections are on most of your farm machines and what I mean by connections is that wiring connections for any electronic device, whether it's a, a seed meter, whether it's a monitor, whether it's an ECU on a, on an engine controller or a control unit on a uh, a grain bin dryer, right? That's going to be probably a little bit high, but probably be low voltage also on the control side. So uh, there's a lot of commonality there. You have to visually. Uh, look at those connections and see more or less what they look like and that's not a technical term more or less right but the thing is that what i'm working my way to is that i'm going to spend some money for you all right which is no, no problem whatsoever that i spend the money in the farm shop is that why i want you to look at those connections and those wiring harnesses and see and and even if you have to unplug a connection or two and see if there's an identifier of the brand on it because just like with farm equipment or with seed or with chemicals or anything else there are many different brand connectors now most of the connectors used on farm machinery have their roots in the automotive industry but uh, you may find whereas a lot of domestically produced farm equipment uses a Packard, Delco Packard style connection, which will usually say in it PED, which stands for Packard Electronic Division of the used to be a division of General Motors. But you may see there may be Bosch style connectors on some equipment, Siemens style. And what is going to be important about this, you're saying, how do I, how do I care about who made the connector? Well, there are toolkits for you to be able to remove the wire, release tools to remove the wire from a connector. And there are also toolkits available that allow you to, without influencing in a negative way, the connection to be able to back probe it. Now, if you do some research, either with your tool guy or do some internet research, you will be able to see that there's a multitude of toolkits that are available. And you're going to want to, based upon the equipment you have and the connectors you have, let's say you have brand A tractor, brand B sprayer, and a brand C combine, all right? The fact of the matter is, is I mean, I'm not expecting you to go rip the machine apart and look at the connectors. What you'll find is that a manufacturer and the farm equipment manufacturer will usually use the same brand of connectors in their wiring harnesses throughout their product line so for instance let's say and we'll we'll pick on fent so let's say you have a fent momentum planter and a fent tractor then uh then they will most likely be the 
same brand and the same style of connectors. They may have four pins or eight pins or 10 pins or two pins, but it'll be the same family. It's like saying, well, you know, this is the same type of oil filter that goes on on a number of different Ford engines. So, but if you have different brands and you may have some commonality. So look into that because it's very important. There are special release tools. If you have to take a pin remove a wire from a connector all right and then look at the pin look at the point where it makes its contact the male into the female there you don't want to go in there and with a with a little pocket screwdriver because you're going to booger that all up and those if once you booger those up you may think that you have it back in but it is not secure and i'm repeating because it's a low voltage low amperage circuit it's going to have the potential for you're going down the road you're going down the field and for it to it maybe not 100 percent lose contact but lose enough contact to skew it and make it not work properly now keep in mind with modern well with all electronic with all electronics but specifically modern electronics and farm equipment there is a minimum threshold voltage that it needs to see so if you book it up a connection all right by trying to get it out and 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 fixing it with a pocket screwdriver instead of the proper release tool then you may go down the field with it and all of a sudden something may happen let's say a seed meter stops working right uh, or a monitor goes off or anything anything that there's a connection so a big problem with modern farm equipment and modern machinery are connections the wire itself if it's not impacted by let's say on by oil or right you have an oil leak on an engine you say ah, it's, it's only affecting those wires it's not the, well it actually breaks down the insulation and it doesn't and no mouse or rodent ate through the wire or did not rub through on anywhere then usually the wire is going to remain its in, maintain its integrity but you have to remember that all of those connections all of those plugs and those wiring harnesses have the potential to wick in moisture all right now they're called weather pack connections because they have a little rubber sleeve gasket whatever you want to call it and usually between the male and female plug there is usually a, a gasket there so when you when you push the connecting connection into either a, a solenoid or a wiring harness or or anything else that it actually goes and when you push it in and it locks in it locks in against a gasket a little rubber gasket the fact of the matter is is you have to make sure make sure that the integrity of that gasket is maintained lots of guys end up pulling something out in haste and the gasket falls off and they stick it back in there and they think nothing of it and you know not that day two months three months six months a year down the road they have a multitude of problems right because the moisture has wicked into that now the other thing is that what you need to look and you you want to do this ahead of time right just like you want to fix you you want to get your your planter ready we'll pick on a planter you don't want to get your planter ready the day before you're going to go planting right you want to do that in the winter time when you have plenty of time to look at it to look it over if you need parts so you need to identify the proper tools that you need to either release a pin from one of these modern connectors and also to safely back probe them if you need to do a voltage and an integrity check on that circuit 
The other thing that you need to do, and that's why it's important, because these tools, as I was saying a few minutes ago, are based upon the brand of connector. So for a Bosch connector, most likely you're not going to be able to use a Packard release tool. All right. Now, there are also crimping tools that are available that if you have to change a pin in the connector, that you can crimp them with a factory style crimp. Very, very, very important. But the other thing before we go to a quick break that I want to I want to represent to you is that they're not easily found, but there are resources. All right, and the, and the resource may be through the dealership in town. It may be through, uh, through an auto parts store, through electrical supply, not a, not a residential, commercial building electrical supply house, but there are resources, and the internet is very good for that because you can buy almost every type of connector that you will find on a on, an, on a vehicle or a piece of farm machinery, and often lots of times that they have a pigtail wiring harness hooked up to them. So let's say you need to buy a a female connector and it's got five pins in it and they're color-coded wires, right? So the thing basically is that lots of times you could buy the connector if need be with the pins in it and with the pigtails coming out that are properly color-coded. So if that connector becomes compromised even on one pin you could change the whole thing and then you just have to connect those wires color to color which we're going to discuss in a after this short break join us every saturday on rural radio sirius xm channel 147 at 10 a.m eastern time for ag talk your story matters This is America's platform for women in agriculture to share their thoughts, ideas, and stories. We feature our Ag Women Connects members, guest speakers, and current topics across the nation that affect our agriculture industry. And we invite you to be a part of our conversation every week. The call is coming to Rural Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon. Join us on Rural Radio Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights at 11 Eastern as we dig deeper into the world of Western sports. Pro rodeo, cutting, reining, roping, bull riding. We'll even spend some time with our Cowboy Channel personalities. The call with Steve Kenyon. Weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Get the complete schedule at RuralRadio147.com. If you're serious about ag, it's time to get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. Get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern, and don't miss the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. The future of agriculture is coming back to Indianapolis for the 96th National FFA Convention and Expo. November 1st through the 4th, tune in to 4 straight days of live coverage from this unforgettable experience and immerse yourself in a world of innovation, education, and inspiration with farmers, students, and professionals from across the nation. The 96th National FFA Convention and Expo on RFD-TV and Rural Radio Channel 147. This is Ann Tarter from Tarter Farm and Ranch Equipment, and I listen to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hey everybody, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, where we left off before the commercial break, which I was talking about that there's a lot of pigtails available, but lots of times in 
in life you're going to have to repair a wire maybe you're changing a whole pigtail or maybe you're just repairing a singular wire and you're making an on-farm repair the most important thing that you need to do is that you have to maintain the weather pack and corrosion integrity of that repair so that does not mean using a, a a crimp connector and squeezing it with a pair of needle nose pliers or a pair of water pump pliers is that you're going to have to make a proper connection and that and whatever it may be application specific right that's the engineer's escape for everything so let's say that arguably you have your planter we'll use your planter because it's easy easy to talk about right and then over the winter a mouse ate a wire that's going towards something makes no difference well what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take the insulation back off of that wire you're going to have to wrap those two the two sides of the wire together and you're going to have to wrap it tightly but before you do that you're going to have to solder well not before you do it you're either going to have to solder that wire after you wrap it and you're going to have to shrink tube it shrink seal it together right now there's some shrink tubes i call them shrink tubes i think they actually call them something else right the heat shrink tube for for a wire for a weather pack seal that have solder in them and they're very very nice because if you if you position them properly and when you heat up the shrink tube it's going to melt the solder but it is very important that you maintain that integrity so many times i see a high tech piece of equipment or even an old tech piece of equipment right all tracked up and the wiring repair leaves so much to be desired it would be like trying to plant corn with a broadcast spreader and all the seed is laying on the ground and the person pats themselves on the back and they say oh that's going to be good enough right and they turn on the headlights or they start the engine or whatever it may be and it works now that is not the way you are going to be able to or, or that you are that you should do it all right now i know some of you will do that but that will come back and bite you in 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 your six as they say in the military right now keep in mind also that a lot of modern farm equipment use a can bus all right where they have an area network where it comes together and that can bus may go into different modules all right on the tractor on the combine what have you and if you have a bad connection in there meaning a high impedance connection because over time you let moisture go in there it's going to mess up that whole can bus right and there's this and i know on on some pickup trucks that there's been many instances where they have a can bus or what they call a low speed can bus and <clears throat> it's used for like that uh accident detection systems uh early braking they got that radar that that radar system i call it radar where it looks as though there's a there's a vehicle alongside of you and they get a butt they get a cracked tail light lens and what happens is the moisture gets into that circuit and takes out three thousand dollars worth of modules that have nothing to do with the tail lights whatsoever because when you have a can bus all right, an area network that's going to be all tied together, then if you pollute something here, that pollution is going to go someplace else. And it's usually going to take a component out with it. So it's very, very, I don't want to say it's very common. It's not unheard of that you have a bad connection 
in something that's unrelated. And if you have a CAN bus on that piece of equipment, that you are going to have a potential for a major, major problem down the road. All right. So that is why you have to make sure that you solder these connections and you either shrink, shrink, tube them. All right with the heat shrink so it's nice and sealed if you're not if you're not going to heat sink it uh shrink tube it then you have to wrap it very tightly with electrical tape now another good thing is that they have this liquid electrical tape so you could put this you could buy it at and, and auto parts stores and most places have it and you could put this lit, liquid electrical tape on there but if you're not going to put any shrink tubing on it and then what you could do is then wrap it with physical electrical tape and when you're working with electrical tape all right you don't tear it you have you cut the electrical tape because when you tear so many guys go and they take a piece of tape and uh, they pull they tear it and they try to wrap it on there when you tear that electrical tape in lieu of cutting it off the roll is that you stretch it out and it loses its integrity where it, where it was torn and stretched so you so a proper if you're using electrical tape a proper procedure is to cut the electrical tape with a pair of scissors to the length you want and then wrap it on there all right i don't want to see any crimp connectors i don't want to see any butt connectors i don't want to see anything like that all right and if you are going to use for instance you have to use a crimp style connector because whatever life life happens that's what you got in the shop you get this piece of equipment going all right then what i would suggest that you do is that a crimp connector can be soldered but you usually have to take off the plastic shielding and then you could and you could just close up that crimp connector and then uh, and on the wire and try to keep its integrity and then solder it but then you're going to have to seal it up seal it up well i cannot stress enough that the more electronics you add onto any piece of equipment the more potential you problems that you have for connections and historically as i was saying in the first segment of the show that historically the problem comes in at the connector because if the wire if the wire was not compromised then the wire is not going to lose its integrity but keep in mind that on something like an engine where it gets many thermal cycles and heat cycles is that over time and over years of use and many hours and and getting extremely hot is that the insulation on a wire will start to break down and crack now it will first break down and that will usually is not visible and then at times it'll start to get some little cracks in it that's why it's so important to be mindful i'm not saying as i said before i'm not saying rip everything apart but when it start when the when the insulation starts to get those little cracks that is oh that's just like a like a right you you have a crop in the field soybeans you have corn whatever you get a hailstorm right even if it's not a tolerable hailstorm but it wounds, let's say, the, the leaves on the corn. Well, that opens it all up for infection, right? So you're usually going to go in there and you're going to hit it with some fungicide and do the best you can that you know that crop is opened up for infection because it's got all those little wounds. Well, the same thing is going to happen with wires in an area that sees extreme heat, for instance, on an engine, on a transmission, that over time that they will get these, it'll be like a, a hailstorm that you cannot see. At that particular point, there's really not much you could do, but just keep that in mind, that that just like as a farmer, 
your biggest problem is pests in the field, right? The biggest problem is pests in the field. So with, with electrical connections, your biggest problem and your biggest worry is moisture. If you could keep the pests out of the field, you got a good chance of getting a, 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 a crop. If you can't keep the moisture out of the connections, then there's a good chance that you'll have good integrity and have no problems. I want to thank you so much for, for joining me today. And know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher. This is the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McOwen. A lien gives the lien holder an enforceable right against certain property that can be used to pay a debt or obligation of the property's owner. Most states have laws that give particular persons a lien by statute in specific circumstances. These statutory liens generally have priority over prior perfected security interests. I'll be back in a moment to discuss a recent case involving a veterinarian's lien. Agriculture needs the next generation. Kansas State University's College of Agriculture prepares students through applied learning, internships, and research. Learn more at ag.ksu.edu. I'll get back to the report in a moment, but I want you to know that Schrader Real Estate and Auction Company has sold farm to ranch land and farm equipment in 40 states. Learn how the Schrader family can help your family. Visit SchraderAuction.com. That's S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R Auction.com. The rationale behind statutory liens is that certain parties who have contributed inputs or services to another should have a first claim for payment. But you have to be able to prove entitlement to the lien. In a recent case, a veterinarian treated a rancher's cattle. The rancher didn't pay the vet bill, and while the bill remained outstanding, the vet came into possession of cattle that the rancher was grazing for another party. The vet cared for the cattle for over two months and then filed a lien for his services. Ultimately, the cattle were sold at a sheriff's sale, and the rancher's lender claimed it had a prior lien on the proceeds. Normally, the veterinarian's lien would beat out the lender's lien, but the court concluded that the veterinarian couldn't establish who actually delivered the cattle to him or that the rancher requested his services. The court said the vet didn't meet his burden of proof to establish that the lien was valid. While liens have priority, their validity still must be established. This has been the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McOwen.